guys, welcome back to What's On Your Mind. I'm here today with Shai Eisenman. Shai is the founder of Bubble, a skincare company revolutionizing skincare. They have started an amazing skincare company that's plant-based, cruelty-free, vegan, fragrance-free, affordable, and most importantly, effective. Shai, thank you so much for coming onto the podcast. Thank you for having me. Very excited to be here. Before we start, why don't you give us a rundown of who you are, what you do, what you do, all that jazz. Perfect. Um, so I started working on Bubble um, three years ago when I realized that even though young people today are the most advanced generation that ever existed, when it comes to skincare, they're still using exactly the same old school stuff that I used when I was younger and the same stuff that my mom used as when, when she was younger. So if you look at this category and if you speak to any other friend who is younger the age of 22 23 they're all using exactly the same old school stuff that were mm-hmm. used in the last 30 years um so felt like there's a great opportunity to introduce something that is first and foremost healthier and better and more effective that is actually going to balance the skin instead of uh over dry it um and that is actually going to help you clear your skin and all of this together with a much fun and better packaging experience and just overall a brand that you could actually emotionally connect to and that understands you. That's amazing. And I've, like I said before, I've been seeing Bubble everywhere. I feel like since it's launched, I've been seeing nonstop like TikTok videos, Instagram, it's constantly popping up. And I'm like, what is this new brand? Because I had never, at first I was like, was I in the dark for a couple of years? Because I had never heard of it. And then I realized you just launched like you just launched. And so when I figured that out, I was like, wow, she's killing it. And when I found out you were a female founder, I was like, oh my gosh, she needs to come on my podcast. So yeah, so we launched around 10 months ago. We actually just celebrated our 10 months anniversary. Very exciting. It's been crazy 10 months because Mm -hmm. we launched D2C only with no concrete plans to launch in retail. And then we launched in 4,000 doors a couple weeks ago, about two months ago. So it's been insane. Um, and we just launched the Walmart. So we're now available in pretty much every Walmart in the country. So amazing. We're very, um, very excited um, to reinvent this part of the industry. Yeah. I mean, you're doing it already and it's only been 10 months. Thank you. Thank you so, so much. Of course. So going back to the roots, I want to know all about how it started and kind of getting into the nitty gritty of the technicalities of it. Um, so, you know, launching a business is, I think people understand that it. it's hard. I don't think anybody understands how hard this is. Um, it's been, it's been a very, very, very interesting journey. So this is actually the third company that I've been running. Um, my second startup, um, I'm, I'm, I just turned 30. So that's all I've been doing in the last 10 years. Um, and it's, um, and launching a company is, is hard on so many aspects. First and foremost, when you build a brand, you need to actually manufacture the products. You need to create a branding. You need to create the creative for it. You need to actually tell its story. It's so much more than just putting something out there. Um, so there's a lot of thinking behind it. And outside of that, there's obviously just, you know, all the market research of what do you, what do you want to create? Why do you want to create it? What is still missing in the market? Which for us, it started with focus groups. So we conducted focus groups with 200 teens um, all around the country to really understand what is still missing out there. What do they like? What are they excited about? What they're not excited about? What do they want to use? Um, and then we actually did a lot of quantitative research of truly understanding 
using like much bigger numbers of 900 teens to understand what they're using, what are, what are they excited about? Um, and also like, what, what do they feel like is answering their needs and what is it? Um, and then we created a community of nearly 5,000 teens that were a part of every decision we made. So wow. all in all, it's been a lot of research and a lot of like understanding the, the consumer. That's amazing. And it's, it's, I'm also amazing how you're taking that approach because I know a lot of people are just in a rush to create a company and start that thing instead of actually solving that problem, which is where a business begins. Yes. And I think it's, it's really about also what, how are you differentiated and what are you doing differently? Um, and for us, a big portion of that is really democratizing high quality skincare, because if you look at everything out there, when you go into a Sephora, when you go into a Ulta, you have some great options of really, really high quality skincare, mm-hmm. but they're all, you need to spend at least $100 for the full routine. Most of the times, even 200 yeah. because of the products is like 50 to $80. Um, so for us, it's how do we create the best possible offering, the best possible formulation, the best possible experience, and with the best also experience in terms of the packaging, but actually keep it at an affordable price. So our average price point is fourteen dollars, mm-hmm. um, and we and we constantly plan on improving it and introducing better value and introducing bigger packaging. Um, when the formulation, I could full-heartedly say that could beat any expensive skincare product out there. We utilize so many plant-based extracts. We have a dermatologist in the team. We use so utilize so many different chemists to really create the best possible products formulated with the best and most science-backed ingredients. Yeah. Um, when it came to, when it became to beginning researching, how did you guys come up with the, the people? Like where, where did you even start with going about finding the people who could help you, whatever, like the focus groups and everything, the teens? So just sourcing it ourselves. So in calling every friend I know that has teen kids, calling every person I know with younger siblings and say like, can we, can we do a focus group of 10, 15 teens? Um, we offered like $100 each team wow. arranged a focus group, not for every teen who participated, for the right. one teen who arranged it. So it was a great incentive for them. We brought them like smoothies and we brought them like donuts and some like um, acai balls. So it was like a fun experience. And then we came in and brought 50 different products, wow. um, 50 different products of... Uh, from Sephora and from Ulta and from Urban Outfitters and from drugstores to really come and ask them, what do you think of this? What do you think of this formulation? What do you think of this packaging? What do you think of this pricing? Um, And it was eye-opening because I entered this having a certain mindset. And and I'm saying like, this was end of 2018, early 2019. So this was long, long, long ago, way before we launched. Um, And we had a certain mindset of what, teens are looking for and what are they excited about and what do they want to use? And I thought that, for example, teens are looking for products that will help them, you know, have no wrinkles when they grow up. Teens couldn't care less about this, as you know. Um, So different things like that, that were, you know, I, and and this was also like, don't forget, like pre-pandemic. So pre-Hiram videos, pre-Doctor League, pre-TikTok. So it was a very, very, very different landscape. And all teens obsessed about was James Charles and Jeffree Star's videos. So very, very, very different. Um, so it was really a great opportunity for us to understand 
there's a huge part here that is missing that nobody else is touching that is that we could completely reinvent an industry that is currently fully owned by Proactive and Neutrogena and CeraVe and Clean and Clear. And all of these products are not really great for your skin. So truly give teens something that they deserve, which is so much better than what is out there. That's amazing. And yeah, no, I completely agree. I think everything, I mean, I, one of my, the first, one of the first podcast episodes I did, she was also, she's very into beauty and she was, she was saying how there hasn't been like a new a formulation of beauty in or skincare or I, I don't remember exactly what it was but it was like something like her 40 years but I'm pretty sure that was makeup and just hearing that I was like so we've been using the exact same thing for centuries and centuries and centuries but we're still paying hundreds and hundreds of dollars for the same exact thing you know and it's also you know it's science has evolved so much in the last right. four years right. exactly. actually so Cetaphil just announced um and again not to talk and say anything about competitors but it's just shocking that Cetaphil just announced oh we're gonna reformulate our products after 75 years like oh. why did it take you 75 years to reformulate like crazy science has evolved so much in the last 70 yeah. years um, so it's, we really saw this as like a beautiful opportunity to create something, to make this world like a better place for young consumer, give yeah. them something better and healthier. Um, and also kind of completely reinvent the category. I love it. And going back to, I mean, just going, going back to you, who you are, where did, where did this see, you have a passion for entrepreneurship. So where did it start and how did this specific idea? Cause you mentioned three companies before so or including this so what what did really stem it um so I think it's something that I don't like to say was always like in in my mind but I started my BA at 15 and started working full-time at 16 and found myself running a company of about 100 employees um for one of Europe's biggest kind of biggest businessmen um at 21 so I've been in the business world for like I've been, I've had a, um, I've managed to do things that you would usually do in 30 years and like five years, which was pretty crazy. And I've learned a ton and made every possible mistake in the process. And it was amazing. Um, because I've got, I've gotten to learn so much. Um, but I really wanted, like my passion was always to create something that consumers could emotionally connect with too. I feel like there's such a big difference when you use a product that you're emotionally connected to to a product that you just use, you know, like think of that experience. So just, I always like to say, this is like, we get in customer support. So many teens that are saying, I'm waiting for my birthday to get the product, or I'm waiting for Christmas to get the product. And then at the same time, you will never hear a teen saying, Oh, I'm waiting for my birthday to get Cetaphil. Like this is just not, or I'm waiting for my birthday to get the Neutrogena cleanser. Um, And the reason for that is that emotional connection and the emotional connection between a consumer and certain areas of brands, if it's skincare, if it's makeup, um, if it's it's in fashion often as well, but often is like a fashion is a bit of a different kind of emotional connection. Um, something that I was always fascinated by and I always wanted to kind of understand what makes you excited about the brand? What makes you want to use a certain brand? What makes you want to, you know, to really have that feeling when you open that box. So always was fascinated by it and wanted to create something that will emotionally connect to consumers. 
Um, and when I saw that there's such a huge portion of this industry that has, hasn't been touched in so many years, I felt like I really, really want to create something that will change that. Um, I also have a five-year-old. So I, uh, yeah, I almost six years old. Um, I, I did everything young, got pregnant 23, um, and had my daughter 24. Um, and it's also something of like, how do we create something for that is better for that consumer? Um, there's not a single product out there that I feel comfortable with my daughter putting on and definitely not that is that affordable because wow. if you're being honest, like most formulations out there are just proper crap. Um, they're just so bad for your skin. So many bad ingredients. Um, there's been a lot of research of, of taking the average consumer and doing toxicity research around based on their usage. And you see the toxicity levels are insane because so many of the products that you use are just not good for you. So to be able to introduce something that is first and foremost, better plant-based really made for young skin. Yes. Um, and yet also going to be fun and better to use. I think after this, I'm going to completely change my entire routine and all <laughs> these bubble products. I'm so serious. <laughs> what, how do you really, cause like you said, creating a business and doing all that, it's really hard. So what, how were you able to build that emotional connection? Because now that I think about it, I'm like, oh my gosh, that is so true. Like I'm not waiting for my birthday to get CeraVe. I'll get it whenever I want. But for example, bubble, I would, I'd be like, oh my gosh, this is something special, something important. You don't, so what, what, how do you cultivate that? So I think it's something that we're all still learning. And I think just in marketing in general, there's so much like this world is evolving so quickly. Like think a year and a half ago, TikTok didn't exist. Now TikTok is like one of the biggest portions and, and like a marketing playbooks. And even that has changed now. Like TikTok has shifted from being the place for these huge TikTokers to be the place for small creators now. Yeah. Now, nobody's looking at these huge creators. Everybody's looking at their specific world. If they're interested in hair, if they're interested in skincare, if they're interested in fashion, that's what they're going to see in their For You page. So marketing and just overall, like creating something is something that is so different and so, and evolves all the time. So for us, I think the main thing that we like to say is I think that we're a brand with a true soul. And I think you could truly sense yeah. when other brands don't have that because also like our consumers are the smartest and savviest consumers out there. Um, but we really, really want to make the world a better place. We're not just saying that and it's not just, you know, a tagline. This is for us. Like, how do we help teens feel better about their skin? There are so many things that you know when you're 30 and as old as I am and that you don't know when you're 16 or 17, you know, like things like sometimes the world is not as black and white as we think. Sometimes it's not good or bad. Sometimes there's a lot in the middle. Sometimes a lot of things that seem huge and so big and like will impact the rest of your life are actually like small things that you will completely forget about them in three months. So we see this as like a personal mission to a certain extent of like, how can we, how can we give that learnings into our, to our consumers, even like breathing exercises. If I would have known how to do breathing exercises as a teen, I would have been such like my teen years would have looked so much better because wow. there's that anxiety and that stress yeah. that comes with like from exams to even like hanging out with friends or even just like hearing from your, that your best friend hang like reached out, like uh, 
you know, called another best friend and they went out without you. Like there's so much anxiety that comes with that. And just understanding these little practices or just like learning how to, how to see the bigger picture is so valuable. So this is for us. It's like, even like, you know, with pimples, how many times did you have, you, you broke out and you were like, I'm not going out of the house because, because of this, because everybody's going to look at that huge pimple right here or something. Um, I remember myself with these days as a teen of like saying, how can I leave the house? Um, and in full honesty, like these are the kind of things when you're older that you understand it's not a, it's not a big deal. And nobody, nobody's really paying attention and everybody's on their own with their own journey and they can care less. Um, so it's the kind of things that we really want to give that information and, and those learnings to our consumers and just help them through with everything that they're going through. Yeah. I love it. I love, I love the story behind bubble and I love, I love all that you're doing because you're truly doing it. It's not like you said about the tagline, but going back to that whole marketing and TikTok thing, you're on top of it. Like the people who are repping your company, who are promoting it. I mean, I don't know. I I'm so fascinated by that. And I'm so fascinated by marketing and just how it works. Cause I feel like it's almost all psychological, but at the same time, it's very, very, very tactical and very, like very, very, very strategic. So take us through your marketing strategy or, you know, what, how you got to where you are, because I feel like at the end of the day, it's all about marketing and it's all about how you can get yourself out there. Because that's how I found out about, out about you. Yeah. I think it's definitely like marketing is a very important part, but it's not everything because eventually if your product sucks, like of nobody can continue yes. to use it. So I think it's like, it's a, it's a part of it, but there's so much more. And I think mm -hmm. the marketing playbook also changes all the time because um, we actually talked about it as a team that like five, six years ago, if you had great PR, you would be able to build an amazing brand. If four years ago, if you had amazing social media, you would have been able to mm -hmm. create a beautiful brand and amazing traction. These things don't really matter anymore. You know, as crazy as it is to say it now, like it's a part of the puzzle, but it used to be like everything. Now it's like a tiny little part. Um, and this is something that is, is, you know, very, 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 I think marketing as a whole and changing and evolving and going into new places. And I think also consumers, because the saturation in the market is insane and there are new brands coming into the market every day, it's also so challenging to stay on top of it and yeah. innovate and because consumers constantly want to try new things. So for us, I think a big key thing is to understand like, it's great to be hyped, but it's not everything, you know, like mm -hmm. hype is one thing, but eventually our goal is to build a 40, 50 year old brand. Like, you know, you see Neutrogena, my grandmother used Neutrogena. That's how I want my great grandkid to be using bubble, you know, um, 50 years from now, 60 years from now. Um, so definitely, definitely this is something that, um, that is really important to us. Like how do we create a long-term iconic brand? Right. And it's not just about these ups and downs, um, but we constantly listen to our consumers, which I think is also the most important thing of like, how do we truly understand where the market is shifting to and mm -hmm. how do we really create something that consumers are interested in? Um, because 
our consumers know best and they are the smartest and they are on it. And we, we want to be creating something for them, not something that we think is right. And I love that attitude. And I think that evolving with the times is obviously very important. And I mean, I know that it's only been 10 months, but what do you think that will look like for you in terms of evolving with the market? Um, I think we're still like, we're still learning constantly. And I think there's a lot that we are still working through and trying to understand and seeing and where the market is shifting and what is happening. But I think the key things for us is one, we want to make the brand as accessible as possible. Because if you look at, if you look at our consumers, they don't have a credit card, most of them. And if they do, they don't really want to be using it, if we're fully honest. Um, and um, a lot of them don't have a driving license and definitely don't have a car. So to actually go to, you know, to actually go and place an order online is very challenging. And also to be available in that just beauty specialty retailers is usually very inaccessible to most teens. Mm-hmm. So for us, it's how do we make the brand truly accessible to every teen out there when they go to every possible store. That's one. And then the second thing is how do we continuously innovate and how do we continuously create something that teens could connect to and relate to? So we're actually going to be releasing a really, really exciting campaign soon, um, which I can't reveal any details about, but it's going to be very, 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 very fun and exciting. And it's going to, it's something that we're all very excited about because we feel like it's a, just connecting mental health to, to skincare into your skin and just something that we're very, very excited about as a team. I'm excited to hear it. And I actually have two, I have two questions. One, I mean, accessibility, since we're talking about it, tell us about your journey of getting into Walmart. I mean, Walmart is, it's close to a lot of people. So what was that like? And how did, how did it really even begin? Um, so we were very fortunate that when we launched, we've been approached by pretty much every retailer in the country wow. and we've had multiple discussions and conversations. And we weren't sure what is the right decision of like which store to be in, where do we want to be available. But then we've conducted a lot of research and really wanted to understand what our consumers are saying and where do they think they want to see us. Right. And we've learned that 56% of them actually buy their skincare in, in big box retailers. Mm-hmm. Um, and that 41% of them go to Walmart at least once a month. Um, so these two things were really big guiding factors to we really need to make the brand available and accessible nationwide in retail stores. And Walmart will be the perfect partner for it. Walmart is accessible to 90% of the US population within 30 minutes away from their homes. Actually, New York City is like the worst place to yeah. <laughs> outside of outs of New York. It's like so accessible everywhere. Um, so this was a huge guiding factor for us of like, how do we, this is like the right partner and this is how we truly reinvent the industry in the skincare aisle. That's amazing. And I mean, it's also so cool how I feel like everything at the end of the day for you, especially comes back to the research that you've conducted and you've done because without that research how would how would you know me being in New York right I would be like oh well I don't have any Walmarts here that must mean that everybody doesn't have any Walmart so I'm not gonna put it in a Walmart I'll put it on a Trader Joe's or Whole Foods but in reality that's not that's not the reality of the entire rest of the world yeah um I think it's it's something that a lot of people don't understand of like you know I think we all being, I'm being in New York, there are certain stores, specific beauty retailers that yeah. I'm like, 
course, this is where I'm going to buy my skincare. But these stores are really inaccessible to 90% of the U.S. population. And I think that's what a lot of people overlook in like their day-to-day lives is just research. Exactly. No, I think it's uh, for us, the really the main, the main thing we constantly focus on is how do we understand the consumer and listen to them? Because mm-hmm. I'm not, unfortunately, I'm not a teen anymore. And unfortunately, yeah. I'm not a young person anymore. Um, and to really be able to create the best possible product for this consumer and to really be there for them, the only way to do it is to listen. I love it. And it's, it's really nice that you guys are listening because I know a lot of people don't. A lot of people don't. <laughs> so in terms of innovating and creating and constantly doing something new or improving on something, how, how have you as a founder or as an even team been able to continue to do that? How have you been able to release these campaigns? What do you, what do you, cause I, it's, it's hard to think about all of it on your own. So what do you attribute and what do you think has helped in brainstorming, I guess? The most amazing team. We have an incredible, incredible team. It's truly the best possible experts in the industry. Um, and also um, our amazing community. Um, I wouldn't attribute anything we've done to me. It's all been our incredible team. Um, you know, it's, it's, I'm super grateful to actually be able to be working with people that are a lot smarter than me. Um, <laughs> and this is like the, the best, the best thing about this job. How, how have you been able to build that team? Um, lots of headhunting, lots of, uh, interviews, been interviewing hundreds of people in the last wow. couple of years. Um, a lot, just a lot, but we've, we've been super grateful. A lot of them are, um, have been in the company form pretty much since the beginning. So it's been, it's been really, really great. Wow. Wow. Well, it's amazing. It's amazing. And I'm continuously so astonished by how well you have done with bubble and the way that the company has gone in the last 10 months. Thank you. Thank you so much to hear that. Um, okay, going into a little bit more of who you are and what you do and who you are, <laughs> are, are you spiritual at all? Um, big question. I hope to be more. Mm-hmm. I, um, not as much as I would like, I would say. Mm-hmm. Are you had talked about your breathing techniques and everything? Are those still things that you practice today? Yes. So I am a huge yoga fan. I um, mm. love doing yoga. Um, and this has been something. And it's again, it's I think it's like the best skill you could have mm-hmm. for life. Like I think every possible scenario, every possible situation, and we all have these rough days of like, I um, sometimes we talk about as a team that it's like, this is a bad energy week. This is just this week. Yeah. Is like terrible energy. Um, and, you know, these are things that I in the past didn't really yeah. care much for and now like it, it, it's just a part of it you know yes. and it's exactly like chemistry sometimes you have great chemistry with certain people and sometimes you just don't uh, it's just a part of it I felt that today I was like today is just not doesn't have the best energy and then I, I was like I'm, I'm I was looking forward to this so much because I haven't done one in so long and it immediately changed my mood but I, I, that it, it's everyone's like oh it's woo woo it's woo woo it's not woo woo it's really not no it's 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 really some of these weeks some of these days are just rough and and I think we we are all and I think as girls it's even harder because we tend to be so hard with ourselves and we tend to be so critical 
and so just judgmental towards ourselves. And whatever we're going to forgive other people, we will never forgive ourselves for that. Yeah. And that's something that is just so hard and something that I think is like a big thing to work on um, because it's, you know, this, this life is so short. There's so much to learn. There's so much to do. There's so much to love. Um, and the first and foremost, you need to love yourself. And eventually like this person and this body is the only thing that you will for sure be with for the rest of your life. So do everything you can to take it easy, you know, and, and on yourself. What was that like for you finding self-love? What was that journey like? Um, I think it's something that we're all still struggling yes. with. I think it's, uh, I think when you have a kid, it's, it's, it changes everything because, you know, especially when you have a daughter, um, this is something that you constantly, constantly want to show her like how much she's loved and how beautiful she is and how much she needs to remember how amazing and beautiful she is and see herself from your, her own eyes. And it's very, very, very hard, hard to do this when you're like showing her that you don't love yourself. Um, so this was, I think the main driver for me of like, like, stop, take it easy on yourself. This is not what she needs to see. She needs to see a much more forgiving person towards yourself because that's how you want her to grow up. Um, but I think again, like a big, big, big thing for me and a huge key learning, actually, I would say from the last year is like, there are so many big things that so many things that are, that seem so big to us and we are struggling and we are thinking about them constantly and we're torturing ourselves in that process of analyzing them or overthinking them. Yeah. And most of these things are going to complete, be completely irrelevant in three months, in two months, in one month, in six months, you're going to completely forget about them. Like 99.9, actually a hundred percent of the things I struggled with in the last couple of years, I don't remember what they are. So take just to take it easy because eventually all of these things don't really matter. Yeah. It's all temporary at the end of the day, which is sad, but it's also good. Yeah. But I think it's more than temporary. I think it's like the fact that we give certain things so much weight when they shouldn't really deserve that. And just understanding that you should like that this is a moment in time and this thing may seem big now, right. but give it the true kind of weight that it deserves and understand yeah. that it's not, it's not really worth it in the long run. Big picture. It's the big picture that we all forget always. We're like, exactly. oh, this little moment in this little tiny fraction of time that we're not going to remember out, remember about in the next whatever couple of exactly. months. With that being said, if you could go back in time and tell yourself something 15 years ago, what would you say? Exactly that. Exactly what I just said. This is like, again, I think, I think it's every person is a different, like takes things differently. For me, it was a big thing. Like I tortured myself over the years and it's just, it, it, all these things didn't really matter. And it's, it's any of that. Like, you know, if it's with team members, with partners, with investors, with, you know, every, every person on even personal, not only business, it's just like give things the certain, the certain attention that they deserve, but not more than that and not overanalyzing it. Yeah. And understanding what that attention is. Exactly. 
who is your hero? Wow. Um, I don't really have one, to be honest. I think it's a, it's a big question. I don't, I think something that you've learned when you're a kid, you think that your parents are perfect and you think that adults have all the answers and you think that, you know, very high profile businessmen probably know everything there is to know in the world. And the more you grow up, you understand that it's not really true. And that how somebody told me yesterday, most adults are just kids with the mortgage. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, you know, it's, it's like uh, people don't really understand everything. And there are so many unanswered questions. And most adults, and especially our parents that we all, you know, learn to hate over the years when we started understanding that they're not perfect, perfect is actually, um, again, just kids with a mortgage and still figuring things out and still trying to understand the world. And the more you understand that and the more you see it, and especially when you start seeing it with people with really, really, really high profile and really famous or really, you know, uh, considered as like very, very, um, I would say like high profile individuals, you really understand that there's no such thing and that it's like, you never see reality the right way. No. You're looking at it from a certain angle. So never really looking at it as uh, I, I admire people that are doing a lot for the community and that donate a lot and that are truly supporting the community. Um, but I think other than that, like not really treating anyone as like my hero. I love that. I love it. And I think it's a really nice way to look at it. And it's very different, which is also really just nice to see. Thank you. What, what do you want to be remembered for? Um, wow. You're asking like really hard questions. Um, um, doing good. I don't know. It's, 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 you know, I think we want to create this brand that is truly going to understand a certain consumer and be there for a certain consumer. And we want to help this, help our, our community. Um, so I think this is a big thing, but also just, you know, um, just doing good. I'm going to ask you one last question. Um, actually maybe two more in terms of let me start with this one. What's your, what's, what's your favorite thing about your career? Learning. Um, and I think that when I, so when I was 21 for about four years, I ran um, a company of about a hundred employees that I started from scratch in London. Wow. And um, my team always used to know and always used to hear me say the following sentence. The moment I'm going to have a week that I'm not going to learn a thing that's when I'm going to start having too many weeks of that. That's the moment that you'll know that I'm probably out at some point soon, because uh-huh. the, the learning part was really the most important thing to me. And the moment I felt like I'm not really learning and I'm not really growing as a person and as a manager and as a business person, it's just like, was it, wasn't right for me anymore. Um, and what I love about my job now and about, where I am now is that I'm constantly learning new things and dealing with new things and growing as a person constantly. So this is, I would say the part that I love the most, but it still has, like, I think 
don't believe anyone who is telling you that everything about their their job or their life is rainbows and butterflies. It's it's just how it's just a perception on Instagram, but it doesn't really exist ever. Nope, Instagram is not reality. Is that is that company still up and running? Uh, yeah, so it was actually a subsidiary of a very big public company of about five thousand employees. So yeah, it's still definitely very up and running. <laughs> wow, wow, that's amazing! And you did that at such a young age. I'm wow, that's amazing. And it's that entrepreneurial mindset that I just see, like it's like bam, 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 like this is me, and this is this is it in its finest form. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. No, it's been it's been a lot of it, and I think again, like a lot of people don't understand that a lot of it is luck and a lot of it is taking certain opportunities at the right when you're in the right place at the right time and it's not just about like I know very 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 talented people that didn't have the opportunities that I had and I was very fortunate to have them so this is a really 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 big part of it um I would say that luck is about you know being in the right place at the right time and taking advantage of that opportunity um and this is something that over and over, I was very fortunate to have. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also like just understanding that, and this is something that actually I'm trying to teach my daughter constantly, that it's like failure is an option. That's one. And it's okay to fail. And it's just gonna, and that, that step of failing is still a great step because that's the step that takes us to the next step after that. So always remember that failing is an option and it's totally fine. Um, And also just remember that to not let it stop you ever. And as long as, if you don't try, you wouldn't have known. So obviously don't, 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 yeah, yeah. And uh, I mean, regret on things that they haven't done, not on things they've done and were unsuccessful in. Yes, yes, that's a huge thing. And I know that, I, I don't remember where I saw this, but it was like, my dad used to want us to fail at something every single night, something that we tried at, not something that you just sat back and you're like, whatever, something that you obviously tried at and you're, you successfully failed. I think that is a real thing. And I love that. We applauded every time they failed. And then she grew. I, I, I'm completely blanking as to who it is, but somebody probably knows who I'm talking about. Yeah. But she grew. And I mean, obviously I heard her interview, so she's pretty successful, you know? So yeah. Applauding yeah. those failures is I think also incredibly important, especially when you've put in the work and you tried your best. Yeah, no, I think, I think like teaching girls to fail and try again is one of the most important key mm-hmm. learning that you can have. Like it's so important. Um, uh, one of uh, a really close friend who's also some kind of a mentor told me a couple of years ago, you have to get into your head that failure is an option. And this was something that changed my mindset because for me for so many years, like this wasn't even on my radar. Like that's not an option. Um, and sometimes it's okay if it is. Yeah, yeah. And I love that. And now I'm not going to forget that either. Even my parents always told me like, it's not the end of the world. Like it's, it's really not, you know, sometimes it seems like that, especially with school and everything. But if you fail, it's not the end of the world because there will be the next thing. Time doesn't stop when one thing doesn't necessarily go the way you had planned because maybe it's just not meant for you. And there will be another thing that is more meant for you. Exactly. A hundred percent. One last question. <laughs> you are 
such an inspirational woman and you're doing so much not for the for the community for everybody what does a work day in your life look like like just generally a mess a total mess <laughs> um so yeah so like I'm, I'm trying to explain it to people who don't have kids of like when you have a kid and especially in a COVID world where sometimes yeah. they're in quarantine sometimes they're we're, like it's just it's a total mess always. Um, I always, I work throughout the day mm-hmm. and like, it's just never stops. Like I will be on emails at 1am. I'll be in emails. I'll check my emails on average every five minutes. Wow. It's just never, never, never stops. Um, and it's something that is also like just crazy and insane. I admire these people that are like telling the stories of how they wake up at 6am and then they work out. <laughs> And then they go home and they take a shower. And then while they run, they do conference calls. I admire these people. I'm definitely not one of those. I'm definitely not trying to create an image of like a picture perfect. My life is a total mess and it's totally okay. Um, And just trying to like juggle between, you know, being in like working constantly and being with my daughter and being a good parent and actually sure that she eats sometimes um things like that so it's uh we obviously have a nanny and great support system and everything but it's just uh very crazy pre-covid is to travel all the time for work um thankfully now i don't need to travel as much um which has been a huge improvement um but just really again like admire these people that also managed to maintain a social life and yeah definitely not one of these people like definitely not me (laughs) I already honestly I already feel that coming on I'm like oh wow well this high school at least I have that you know otherwise last year was like what social life (laughs) I don't know and I think like listen like teens are struggling today because it's so different from what it was and like it's I think there's there are no better years and I haven't really experienced my teen years because I left school when I was in my 10th grade but it's it's really really like amazing amazing years and the last year has been insane and terrible and scary and it's and I think to be completely honest like I'm I think social media is the most toxic thing out there I I I am not personally I'm not on social media I don't like social media I only use it for bubble reasons like no interest in seeing how much people portray their life as as perfect and how they're spending all their time on on this app like very not something I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to. Um, but I think teens as a whole, like this was such a huge part of your lives in the last year and a half of like being on your phone, being on zoom, being on your computer. Um, so I think like it's the real life connection is so important. It is, it is. And I, I mean, this isn't my only thing. And there was a lot of other stuff going on in terms of me wanting to do more. And that was always my desire. And uh, with COVID, I was able to do it and it it happened, you know? So it's amazing, but I didn't realize how bad it was for me until I went back to school. And I just felt like this whole other person because I'm actually myself again, because I'm not an introverted person, you know, I'm quite extroverted. So seeing these people, as much as I didn't realize it was so good for me and it really like COVID did change the world. And I hate social media now. Like I'm like, I just need, I can be on my phone, but I cannot be on Instagram. I cannot be on Snapchat. I cannot be on TikTok. I'm never on TikTok ever, ever. No. And, and it's like, 
people also don't understand how valuable it is to wake up in the morning and wash your face and yeah. put your clothes on and put some makeup on and actually go out and see people. Yeah. It's, you know, we are getting like, we get the same efficiency from being on zoom and learning from zoom but that emotional connection is just not there um so it's 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 just we need this to be over i think we all need it to be over we do as much as we may not think we do trust me (laughs) all right well i've we've taken up a lot of time so why don't you go ahead and shout out any and all of your social medias that you want to mostly bubble because i know you said that you don't but whatever you want no social media. Like I have a profile, but I don't, I never check it and I don't post anything. It's completely empty. <laughs> so my, my, I wouldn't, wouldn't recommend cause I will never be posting anything there. Um, but bubble is just bubble, uh, on, on Instagram and on TikTok, And we also have a YouTube channel. Um, and we post some cute things there. Um, and some really great tips and everything and educational content and some fun, true and false stuff. So lots of really, really great things. I love it. And Shai, this was so amazing. Thank you so much for coming. I Again and again, I'm like, so like, I, I can't, it's just, it's so amazing what you're doing. And it's also just so astonishing how you've been able to successfully build this company in 10 months. And I don't know, it's so, so, so admirable. So thank you. Thank you so much. And thank you so much for having me. This was so great. I really, really appreciate it. Of course. Thank you.